podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Westra is Bestra with me, Lee G. And with me, as always, is Big M. How are things, Big M? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Yeah. I, I had a week away, off a weekend away from, from rugby. And uh, so I had to do everything on catch-up. But it's it's weird knowing that there's a rugby game on and, and you kind of... Sitting there giving your wife a foot massage. It's, I'll be it's, honest, that, that sounds a bit like domestic abuse to me, but <laughs> it's it's the most bizarre. I promised her I'd have a, a weekend away from rugby and you know, for her birthday and all of that kind of stuff. So it was, it had, I told you, I promise you're a month away in June. It's easier, yeah, I know, but her birthday's in January, so it doesn't kind of you know. I'd have to spend way, way too long. Anyway, it just had to be done. And, um, you know, we battled through it. We got through it. I, I, I caught up a fair I caught up on the Scarlet's game yesterday um, and then a couple of others and what have you. So, you know, at least it wasn't the league. If it was if it was league, that might be something uh, I might have to think twice about whether I miss a league game. But, yeah, I coped. You know, I battled through. I battled through. I coped. So, still in one piece. Only just, only just. <laughs> so, uh, so let's let's talk about the game then. Let's because uh, it's quite nice to still be undefeated in twenty twenty three. That's five of the last six games, is it, or four of the last yeah. five games that we five won? And six. Yeah, which kind of feels like we're you know we're in a good patch, really. Yeah. But, yeah, we put in two decent performances in South Africa prior to that as well. So it, it's it's been a, a pretty decent time to be a Scarlet fan, considering uh, the emotions we must have been feeling at the beginning of November. Mm. But I'm still seeing, even after Friday's game, I was still seeing people on social media going, it's time for Peel to go. And it really, really... What I don't think they're saying that they the Scarlet supporters, but I can't see how you can say that you're a Scarlet supporter when you're saying that about your your head coach. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we we've had a, a bit of a purple patch, and you know it, it never lasts forever. So, hmm. you know we've we've had, played pretty poorly, and we've come away with a win, and you you can't turn your nose up to that. I mean, we've played a lot better than we did on Friday night and lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, that Ulster game, second game of the season, I think that's about as good as we played um, all season, and we came our way on the wrong end of a uh, uh, the scoreboard on that one. So, like you say, to play, you know, there were there were patches in that game on Friday night that were actually quite good. You know, there were little bits. It's, it's just that thing again about stringing everything together, wasn't it? For me, it just a bit yeah. disjointed. There were some key moments and some key decisions that if you know we decided to do something different or just fell into the fell our way, then that would have been a massively different game. Hmm. So 
tell me what you thought about the game. Talk, talk, talk me through the game as you saw it and the, the, the good bits, the bad bits, the ugly oh, bits. I'll be honest. Uh, obviously, I, I love being in the ground. I, I love having my season ticket, but it was a hard watch in that first half. I mean, the boys were just, they were just trying so hard, you know, over trying. And, you know, obviously, we, we've, We've built a bit of a pattern over the years of, of being, you know, the offloaders, the, the play in the, fa- the fancy champagne rugby. But it was just way too much and things just weren't going to hand, which it made the game into a struggle. Mm. It's like, obviously, the line-out was, you know, everywhere from, you know, from not just from us, from them as well. I mean, they were, they were not straight out. I think there was something like... 30 line-outs, and I'd probably say about 25 of them weren't straight. So was it um, windy in the ground then? Was It It didn't feel it. Like, I, obviously, I can't comment on what it's like on the pitch, but I'm I, I'm in the south stand. I'm road G, so well, that's like eight up. So I'm not massively miles away from the pitch, but I didn't feel much wind. It's weird, isn't it? Because sometimes you can tell where it, it's, it's a really windy game and every line-out's going to get affected by it, so you just go to the front on every single one. But, yeah, it, it didn't It didn't look like the flags were particularly... It, it, which is weird. I, I, you know, I picked up the, the the amount of not straights in the line-outs, and I thought, oh, well, it must be windy. You know, that's that was my conclusion. Um, but obviously not. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was really weird watching them. And I don't know who our line-out caller was for this game, but um, I'm pretty sure they had a bit of a talking to at half-time mm. because, you know, two decisions was at our own line-out was to go over the top, one at the beginning of the first half and one at the, at the end of the first half. Mm. And one just went, the first one just went completely to shit. Mm. And, you know, we lost possession. And the second one ended up into a plot to leave in the field in the yellow card. And that, that was 100% our fault. We could have prevented that by, you know, not going over the top five meters from our own line. Yeah, and if you know you're going to throw over the top, then go to a two-man line. Do you know what I mean? Don't. Yeah. It's. Yeah, there were some decisions there that you just think it was. It's a bit naive, I think, more than anything. Yeah. And we, I don't think we gave cheaters the credit. That they, I think we walked over them quite easily in the first game, and we didn't think that they were going to come and really do anything, but they did, you know. To be yeah, fair, I mean, I um, I haven't actually looked at his squad, so that's that's not a good thing for me. It's normally the first thing they do, but there seemed to be quite a few changes from that game last month, mm. and because obviously there was no PNR, there was no stain, mm. and it, they really, really fronted up and. Give us a hell of a time, and it it was surprising because they are effectively semi professional outside of the league season. There's no reason that as Scarlets as a professional outfit, you know, sort of in the middle of our season, is struggling to put them away. Mm. But then I I think that says a lot about the desire inside the Cheetahs camp to get back to being a fully professional side. I think they see this game, uh, the, the the European Championship, they see it as an opportunity to prove that they can live at that level. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think there's a there's a lot more in it for them. Like you compare them with Bayern this week, you know, Bayern have got 
nothing to play for. There's there's no reason why they should even try to put anything other than a development squad out against us because there's there's nothing in it for them. You know, they they need to qualify well, they need to perform better in their own league. There's no chance of them qualifying. So, you know, there's you just carry on. But the cheaters have actually got something. There's there's an incentive there where I think the the South African agreement in the URC and the European Championship is a two-year agreement. So this is year one. They get next year as well. And then after the end of next year, the cheaters have a chance to re-enter um, the URC. Um, so I, 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 think I mean, I really um, I don't know much into those sort of details. All I know is that the cheaters were basically, they were a late shot in because mm. of everything that's happening in um, Ukraine because it's that Russian team, KSR, Krasnik or something, that normally play. And obviously when they were refused, the cheaters basically shoved their hand up, I'll do it, I'll do it. Mm. And that's how they've ended up in it. So I don't know how long that's going to last, whether or not, I, I know the big four are here for a little while, but I think the cheaters, this might be their only season. Hmm. It'd be a shame because they they did put up a bit of a battle. I'm I'm glad in a way that they did because if we'd have just walked over them, we wouldn't have. Um, there was a danger of slipping back into that that kind of everything's too easy kind of a mindset. Whereas we, you know we came through the the Cardiff and the Dragons game, um, even the Ospreys game really. Um, with a, a quite a, a battling kind of a mindset, you know, we had to fight for everything. This we, we were in a proper proper battle, and I think that changed the way some of the players in the squad uh, have been playing. So, if we'd have gone back to you know a little bit of a walkover and non-competitive, um, I think it would have been bad for us. So, I'm, I'm quite happy that they did give us a little bit of a shock. If if that makes sense, it puts us in a better position. I think when we go back into URC the boys will be in a better frame of mind to just keep playing. So, Yeah, well, obviously everything is focused now on Europe and uh, I'm actually happy to say for once that the banners for the next fixtures uh, around the area have actually gone up on the Monday after the game. <laughs> I, was, I was really shocked when I saw that because I, I think it was only a couple of days before the fixture. Oh, was, I think it was the Bayonne one last month. And it was like three days before the game that the the banners started coming out everywhere. But no, the the Bulls game is already up and advertised for two weeks' time. So I'm I'm really we we all you know comment on the marketing and the commercial side of everything. But the Scarlets have actually you know they've they've actually pulled their finger out and and done their job straight away this time. It's because they were listening to you, Matt. That's what it is. It must have been. <laughs> I was I was actually talking to the missus because when obviously she comes with me to the games. And I was saying, oh, uh, you know, the Bulls game is on the 27th. I think the new banners will go up about the 24th or 25th. No, and yeah, I was really surprised that uh, that they have got them up. And uh, hopefully it makes a few people think, oh, I've got oh, a home game in two weeks. You know, do I fancy going to it? It's a Friday night, so uh, hmm. it's not too bad. Especially if, if, you know, if we put by on away this weekend as well, it does kind of build the confidence going into into that and bulls are already complaining about having to travel here there well all of the south african sides are about having to travel here there and everywhere but 
you know, that was the agreement that they signed up to. If if they oh, wanted to come into the league and they wanted to be part of Europe, they had to, let's say it's part of this two-year agreement. You can see that I've read something on Tinternet, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's part of this two-year agreement that for the first two years, you know, you basically do as you're told, you know, okay. and you, they don't get a say in, pretty much for the first two years, they don't get a say in anything and they just have to like it a lump yeah. bit, so. I'll, I'll be honest, it's, it seems not a, a straightforward fix because nothing is ever straightforward in rugby. But, you know, they've, they've got six, uh, oh, what is it? Six away games in the league outside of the, the South African derbies. So, you know, you, you can, if you add the two European games in, you know, that's eight games over the season. I'm sure you can find, you know, a, four, a block of four twice in a season to do a, you know, you go away for three weeks, play your four games, you do that twice over the year, and, and that's that. Instead of, you know, flying back and forth, back and forth. It's like how we all go out, we play our two games in South Africa, and then we come back. I mean, I'm sure they could do exactly the same thing when they come here. Yeah. And I think, you know, probably after this season, something like that will change. But it's, uh, yeah, either way, the Bulls game is looking like a, a a bit of a tasty one now already, doesn't it? It's, it's... It is, and you know, um, for obviously no one knows what time we normally record, but we're about half hour out from the Wales squad announcement, so we should have an idea of who we're going to be missing for that game in a little bit. Mm. Yeah. So, based on last Friday's performance, then um, who who were the outstanding players for you that you you wouldn't be surprised if they were included in the Wales squad? I'll be honest, um, they are outside shots and just purely because this is Gatland's first squad and I, and I think he's going to bring a few new names that people are not expecting. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that Joe Roberts and Carwin Tuapalot do it in with a shout. Mm-hmm. I honestly think they do. I mean, both of their games last week, obviously minus the yellow card incident, which you know I, I thought was pretty harsh considering mm-hmm. everything going on. Both Roberts and Tua Palatu had outstanding games. And we spoke last week about Tua Palatu, about, you know, if he makes, you know, a, a big run once or twice a game, doesn't always have to lead into a try, then it'll be progress going forward. And that's exactly what we saw. It was, I think it was about three, maybe yeah. four runs where he put, you know, he put a few metres down and he, he got through a few players, which... Mm. You know, it's it's really good to see because you know he's still a young man, twenty one, twenty two years old. It's this is it's brilliant for us. Mm. And Joe Roberts, another one. He just he he doesn't stop. I mean, I think there was one set play in the first half where he picked up the ball on the twenty two and he went through about two or three players and he got just got tucked down short on the five meter line. Yeah. And there's moments like that throughout the entire game. And one thing I've noticed, especially playing at home because of you know, where I'm sat and where I'm positioned, they're placing Robert, you know, deep in the 22 on the five-meter line, you know, basically where Callum Buffoni always stands. So he's the, the first receiver from kickoffs, and he yeah. is trucking it up like a champion. Fair play to the boy, and he's hitting hard every time. Hmm. See, I I think both of them had fantastic games on, on Friday as well. But I I think... Probably it's too early for Tuopolotu. I think we've just 
you know, when you look at the amount of other players that we've got in in Wales, um, I think probably after the World Cup, he'll, he'll come into the Welsh setup. But from, you know, I think that can only benefit us. I think. Yeah. Look, I 100% agree with you. I'm not saying there's any real logic behind this. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying in my mind, thinking of going back to like 2008 and, you know, Gatlin left out a few, you know, a few big name stars back then. And obviously with the age profile, I wouldn't be surprised to see some players who haven't got that much game time at regional level really be just injected into that squad right now. Mm. Well, I mean, having said that, when you look at Foxy and Gareth Davis, and there was, uh, Foxy seems like, you know, we, we, we've been quite, not critical of him, but, you know, we've been honest in, in the assessment of his performance. And it's like he's started to grow back into it. It's like he's fallen in love with the game again. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's starting to enjoy playing the rugby again and because he was under so much pressure. But he's actually, I think he's playing some of the best kind of rugby he has done for a really, really long time at the minute. I'm 100% with you. And personally, I think a lot of that is to do with him not having the defensive responsibilities as of a 13, you know, coming in at inside centre. And you'll probably know more of this than me because I'm 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 not a fast boy, I'm not a back. But <laughs> having someone like Joe Roberts who's got that pace and who is, you know, defensively capable or who reads situations quite well, it's comforting having that outside you. Yeah, and I think definitely. That allows you to, I think that allows you to focus more on yourself. I know he's club captain, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You've got more jobs. But when you can just when you take in little things away that you're not focusing on obviously it just it takes so much pressure off yourself you know unnecessary pressure that you give yourself when you're in these situations yeah because I think what it's doing for him is he's he's just got a bit more confidence in like in defense and and attack really he's got a bit more confidence in the people that are around him you know Costello's defense when he came on was superb Patch does what Patch does and, and was excellent between the pair of them and so he's got the the inside channel is covered, and now that Joe Roberts is really starting to um, to show oh, these, and, and I think what's happening, and I saw it a couple of times on Friday, where Jonathan Davis is, where he's making the tackle, and then Roberts is just coming flying straight in and going for that turnover and slowing that ball down, and they're working really well together because people have to go around the outside. Of Jonathan Davis, they they know that there's no route through the middle, so you, you have to go around the outside, and that's just pushing them into the twelve thirteen channel, which makes it easier for Foxy to chop them and Joe Roberts to to strip them. So I think the two of them together are working really really well, and yeah, I think it's it's just giving Foxy confidence to go and play his game, and I think that's why the smile is back on his face. So. You know, it's it's enjoyable. What about Gareth Davis as well, though? Because Gareth Davis had quite a decent game when he came on. I thought, he, you know... Yeah. Like I mean, the circumstances of him coming on were pretty suspicious. I mean, Black mm-hmm. are getting called off with, what, like 15 seconds to go in the half for a HIA. And yeah, then... Odd. 
and then never returning. Obviously, no, I can I can understand not returning, but we didn't get I I didn't hear any confirmation of whether or not he passed the HIA or not. So mm. you know, I, I'm worrying myself. Did you manage to hear anything about Blacker? Nothing, and I've not seen anything since. I've not seen anything as to why. Uh, I, there was nothing obvious that said he's had a bump to the head. You know, I replayed a couple of plays before that, and you're like, well, maybe he got caught at the bottom of a ruck. Because it's all done off their, their gum shield. A lot of the the reports that they get are off the gum shield. So yeah, the old pros. Yeah, because they've got the little chip inside the gum shield, and if that chip gets shaken, um, then it's, that's kind of like a uh, one of and the then, signals for HIA. So maybe he got a, a wallop on the head while he was on the floor or, or something. Or but maybe yeah. he got some grass in it and he shook it against himself. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those weird things that you look at. I, I thought he was playing okay. I thought he was, you know, he was looking sharp. Um, but who knows? In his best game, to, you know, we've seen Blacker play immensely strong, you know, recently. But, you know, I, I managed to find a, a replay of the game without any commentators' links. So, you know, I, I, all I could hear was everyone shouting and uh, I could very clearly hear Holly talking. And she was mm-hmm. saying, the doctors have called you off. Get off the pitch. And he was just looking bemused. So, mm-hmm. you know... It, from that standpoint, I'm I'm hoping that obviously there was nothing to it, and he's going to be, you know, fit for us, and you know, probably for Wales because personally, I think he's the in form and best scrum half in Wales at the minute. Yeah, definitely. But on, on, moving on to Gareth Davis, I mean, this was what was this his first game back? I think he he, he had a couple at the start of the season, didn't he? Yeah, but he played. Did he play? Yeah, he played against Cardiff. Mm. He came off a bench, but you know, it's he, he has had a few niggles, and mm. you know, he, he knows himself that he's got a bit of a point to prove when he was left out of that autumn squad. You know, I, I can't remember the reason whether or not he was injured going into that or not, but yeah. he's got a bit of a point to prove, and he played really, really well. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm super happy to see him, you know, play into a decent, uh, not a decent standard, to a, a good standard. Because mm. it only benefits us to have, you know, so many players in these positions. But then, with twenty minutes to go, he makes a break uh, from the halfway, and you know he clearly breaks the line. He's gone straight through. No one's with him, and he's got a one-on-one with a fullback. And I would have expected him to try and go round the fullback. I would have expected him to, you know, take that fullback on and. Because he's, you know, he's the one with momentum. He's the one going forward, and the fullback's coming across at an angle, and then he kicked. Yeah, this is what this is one of the moments I was talking about earlier. I obviously i I did expect him to try and go for it, mm. but obviously with his age, I know he's got pace. He knows he's got pace, but I think he was, you know, more focused on the state of the game at that point. Because were we was it seventeen all? At that point, uh, I think, yeah, I think actually his kick led to the penalty. The penalty. Yeah. yeah, and I think if you if you watch back and you look at that kick, it, it stays sort of around the fifteen meter mark on you know for the for the lineouts. Mm. And if you go back wider. If 
that if he kicks that and he stay and he goes more towards the corner, Steph Evans is on that ball and when he's in for a try. Because, mm. you know, there's the defenders are so narrow. I think the kick was the right thing to do in that situation. It's not what I expected him to do. Mm. I, it was just not executed as greatly as it could have been. Yeah, I mean there is I mean you could see that there was a definite tactic of chipping the ball behind the cheetah's line was was coming up very flat and there was plenty of space in behind because that worked a couple of times it worked for Steph Evans's try it worked for you know there were a couple of times before that where you know they came up flat and with then all of a sudden we're making 10 15 meters so yeah I can see that but I just wanted I wanted him to go for it I just if you look, so there was that incident. There was um, Lousy's charge down that if he gathers that. There was another one. Um, oh, I, can't, I think it, it would have been a, a, a little slip pass back inside to Steph Evans and he's away and, and somebody kicked it again. So, you know, there were more tries that were left out there that we really, after the last couple of weeks, I would have expected us to be putting them away rather than cocking them up. Um, which, you know, Lousy's charge down was unfortunate because he, he kind of half gathered it, but he did well to charge it down. So He tried to flick it to himself with, with one hand. It was it was quite yeah. amusing watching it back. It's as though, he, he's just saying, he's like, oh, I've got the ball by you. Oh, I'll just tap it all by you. I was like, oh. It was it was, yeah. it was quite funny to watch, and it, it was a massive opportunity for there because you know mm. if he if, you know he popped the ball off to Dan Davis, so if he didn't knock it on, you know we we were in for a score there, hundred percent. Yeah, I you know what would Wales give to have two second rows like Lousy and Fafita at the minute? You know those ball carrying because they do the big heavy work. But they they like having it's like having Tad Burn back with you know an uh, an extra um, back row on the pitch. You know, I, I know Fafita was playing six on on Friday, but when those two are on the pitch at second row, it just feels like um, it, it's almost like basketball. Sometimes, do you know what I mean? When they're running yeah. down the pitch, they they just they look much bigger than the reality of what they are. But it is nice to see those two. I mean, Fafita had a cracking little run uh, up, up the left-hand side of the pitch yeah, where he had just no right to go and make 25, 30 metres there. And he just went straight through some some pretty average tackling, but he goes straight through it. So, you know, there was so much positivity to take out of that game. but And I know we won. But it felt like we should have won more. You know, yeah. it should have been a bonus point. It should have been, uh, you know, five, six, seven tries, if anything. But, you know. That's the main thing that I'm not too disheartened by. You know, the other results in the group have meant that, you know, missing the bonus point isn't going to be detrimental to the knockout phase of this competition. All we have to do now is beat Bayonne and we're guaranteed first spot, which, you know, if for whatever reason we went into this, you know, last round knowing that we needed the bonus point winning Bayonne, I know they're not, you know, really paying for anything and we should do it. Mm. But the, the mentality, the, the change of it, it, it makes a massive difference. Yeah. And I'm just happy that, you know, not 
executing these chances has had a knock-on effect. And while we're talking about the second row, we saw someone get his first start of the season on Friday in Morgan Jones. And the lad played pretty well. And, you know, he's he seems to be... Okay, I, I don't want to say this because I'm, I'm not a great fan of Adam Beard, but he were, he played very much like him in that game where he was constantly a nuisance in that line-out. I, he, he must have stolen three or four by himself pretty easily. Yeah, he um, definitely did, yeah. I yeah. didn't see a great deal of work around the park, but obviously you'll know yourself. Unless you're actually looking for it, it's hard to see but yeah. I did see him in a, in a few racks, and he he was putting his body about. So uh, the, the only you know it's, it's a good start for him. You know he's he hasn't really cracked on from a few seasons ago, same as Jack Price. But you know they've got good mentors. They both had pretty good games. You know Jack Price coming off the bench as well, mm-hmm. and you know I I think the Fafita is going to be moved into that sixth jersey long term. So. I, I think that you know it's it's good that uh, Jones and Jack Price, not Tom Price, because he's yeah. very old in comparison to these boys. Yeah, right. get these opportunities. Yeah. So um, I tell you who else impressed with as well. Um, Dan Davis again was. I just think. I mean, he's not your traditional turnover producing seven, but. He, he's a bit of a. He's a six and a half, isn't he? Yeah, he's a bit of a wrecking ball, isn't he? With ball in hand and in defence, he, he's he just seems to be one of those players that pops up everywhere. I mean, he's got a massive work rate on him, and yeah, so it's a pleasure to watch. Really is. That's 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 another thing that continued this week. You know, that work rate, that pumping the legs, that that spinning the tackles, and what I have especially noticed over the last month is the desire of our players when they're tackling to get out of the of the rack to roll away. You know, I you see players literally crawl it's as though they're crawling for their lives to get out of there. And it is obviously it's it's a massive part of the game, you know, the little small things that people don't think about the basics as such. And, you know, about two months ago we wouldn't have been doing that. And our penalty count, I think I think we had eight penalties against us this week. I mean, we've had games where they've been, you know, high, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18. And doing these little things is, you know, contributing to that penalty count coming down. Hmm. And I think that's kind of, like you say, it's more of an attitude than a, 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 there were obviously some technical elements in there, but it's the attitude of get up and work harder that is maybe wasn't there at the start of the season. And, I think, I think maybe having Calamaphone out has benefited us in a way. We we we've had to go. You know, there wasn't somebody there that we can rely on to make ten, fifteen meters every time. So we've had to work a bit harder to do it, and and people are starting to build that confidence that, you know, it, we don't have to rely on Calamaphone all the time. As much as I love watching him run like a a, a nut job at a brick wall. Um, it's it's sometimes nice to see other players take that that mantle on, and people yeah. like you know where you've got Tua Polo and Dan Davis in a back row, and say um, 
Jones in the second row and even both of the price boys coming through in the second row as well. That kind of gives you a bit of confidence. And what I saw as well um, on Saturday, Harry O'Connor played for Carmarthen Quinns on Saturday as well. He's back. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So I, I don't know. I didn't. I saw him in the lineup. Don't know how he played. Don't know if he made it through okay. But he's definitely on that um, on that route back, if you like. Which is, you know, again. What's one sec? He, he played for Quinns. Carmarthen Quinns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that must have been awkward because his little brother plays for Connecticut, doesn't he? Well, that's why oh, I was I expecting. I was expecting to see him on the Connecticut team sheet. And it happened to be. I was I was looking for some of the other boys. I was, and uh, and I happened to see him there. And I thought, oh, you know, fantastic. That's uh, that's what you want to see. So, yeah, yeah. And and, and on the subject of front rows, I I mean, I I don't know how you took to this as a coach, mm-hmm. but I I didn't like the setup of our scrum on Friday night because I didn't realize this, but. Kemsley Mathias is a giant. I mean, <laughs> he's six he is huge. Yeah, and I I know that's not terribly big for a prop, but something that I I my it's not a philosophy as such, but I like alignment in my scrum. I like my front row to all be a similar size. I like my second rows to be a similar size. It's sort of you know the dynamics of pushing when you've got the same size units pushing together it makes things easier if you know what I mean yeah. and you know you got Matthias who is you know six foot one on one side and we had Sebastian who is five foot nine on the other side it just it didn't look right to me and I thought we did struggle a little bit I'm not saying that was either player's fault but I do think there was some you know technical issues having a slanted front row but then sometimes that can work in your favour I think sometimes that can be exactly what you need to um but put it this way, if you're gonna if you're gonna experiment with a, a front row, then do it against a side like the cheetahs, not yeah. the bulls. No, not the bulls, not the stormers, <laughs> you know, do it. But you know, we've been well, I've definitely been quite critical of Sebastian um earlier on in the season, and I'll be fair to the guy, I actually saw him put a bit of work in on the pitch. Um, yeah. And you know, he he had a good couple of turnovers. He had um, you know, a good couple of runs with the ball, which I think has been his weakness. Um, and he, and he looked like he wanted work. Where sometimes he's kind of like, oh, I'll, my job is to do a scrum and then I'll go to a lineup. So he looked a bit more with it. And Wayne Wright, when he came on as well, um, yes, you know, a lot has been said about his experience and is he up for it and this, that and the other. I thought the kid did okay. I thought, you know... Yeah, he was only on for a short time Mm. and, you know, he he made two turnovers on himself. You know, one was, you know, a a jackal and the other was his line speed, you know, making the opposition back row knock on. Mm. And, you know, I with both of them, with both our tight heads, with both Sebastian and Wainwright, their work rate was really... Really good, and obviously, you know, you you need your props to be doing that sort of work. You basically need everyone to be, a, you know, a, a modern sort of hybrid player. Yeah, and obviously, we we I've got to, obviously we can't come we can't include Samson Lee at the minute for obvious reasons. 
mm. but we seem to have got quite a bit of stock now at tight dead. You know, we've got Will Griff, who I'm not sure exactly why he missed out. Sebastian O'Connor now back with Quinns, so hopefully he'll be in consideration for this game. And, you know, Wainwright being brought in. The I, I understand the issues with Wainwright with his experience. And looking back at the few scrums that he was involved in, his his back positioning, it, it, it scared me watching it watching on. You know, no, knowing when you've done a prop yourself and you've worked in that front row or even being a coach of a of, of a pack, you sort of know your body positionings and everything. And he was arched and he was at an angle on one of them and I was just looking at it and I was going he, he's, he's going to slip a disc now the way he was going in so that that actually that worried me from a personal point of view never mind you know the aspect of the game and losing the scrum so I, I think there is quite a bit of work to be done with him on that side of the game which you know it, it does make it surprising considering he's already got caps for Wales yeah but then you know He's he's got some good people around him to to help him with that, yes. hasn't he? And I'd rather see him there learning than not. So uh, yeah, and but uh, being a prop is hard enough position as it is anyway. You know, the expectation of a prop nowadays is massively different from from what it used to be. So oh, yeah, Christ, yeah. I only gave a play in ten years ago, and you know. From then to now, I I wouldn't have been able to cope. You know, my fitness is you know <laughs> closer to a, to a bloody you know I, my my eight year old runs rings around me like, mm. and I I would never have been able to cope. So their work rate and this stuff in the loose is far beyond anything that you know anyone could have expected, yeah. especially at this stage of the three years. Yeah, it's um. Anyway, it's it's one of those things that it can only be a good thing going forward for the boys. So let's look at going forward then. Let's look at this week's game. Let's look at the um the Bayon game. What are we what are we expecting from that? Well, as always, I'm expecting the win. You know, the the bonus point should come with it because obviously Bayon have got decided in our pool so and like you said earlier they've got the league position to focus on so i am expecting very much a development side so hmm. while we've just been talking the Welsh squad's just been announced yeah i'm trying to look out. so the i think there's some big omissions um but the bit for me is ken owens has got a c next to his name Dane Blacker not in there, and I would have expected Dane Blacker to be in there, but yeah, key bit for me, and I would have expected Roberts to be in there, certainly ahead of Jim Hawkins, but that's the way he wants to play it. So, um, no, Teddy Williams, Christ, I see, I, I, I knew there would be players that you know weren't even on the peripheries hmm. who were going to be you know boosted into the squad, hmm. but key bit for me uh, is Ken, Ken is captain, um. Patchell is back in. Um, I'm surprised that Joe Hawkins has been given a nod, but here we go. Half Penny is in there. Um, but, but, but who else have we got in there? Um, David Jenkins is in there. He's a, a, a another young one. Um, Dylan Lewis, I thought he was out injured, and Leon Brown, I thought they were both out injured. But there we go. But yeah. So, Where do you anyway. go this? Because I, I can't. 
no updates anyway. Oh, Christ. I, I've got it off the WRU um, Facebook page, mate. Is what I've got. Ah. Uh, anyway, we shall. Uh, I'm surprised that Kieran Harvey <laughs> is in there and uh, Dane Blacker isn't. Um, I'll be honest. Because Hardy has barely played for us and Blacker has been superb. Blacker's. He's outplayed Reese Webb. He's outplayed Thomas Williams. He's outplayed Kieran Hardy, and those are in there, and he's not. Oh so my god! Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one to take. That is. But there that we go. Unreal. That's 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 the way that we'll no doubt talk about that more as we get closer to um, international times. But yeah, just going back to the <laughs> to the Bayon game then. Um, yeah, I yes. can't see anything more than a bonus point win. I think it's got to be this week just to really set us up for um, for the the URC, and it means that we get um, home advantage in the games that we do play. So, uh, yeah, the the annoying bit is that the next round is April first and second. I think it is, and I've already. Yeah. I've already got stuff booked on April 1st and April 2nd. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I've, I've, got uh, tic- uh, well, I've got tickets for a comedian on the 1st, and um, the boy is off on tour to South Africa on the 3rd, so we're taking him back on the on the 2nd. So, yeah, it's... Uh, Going to be one of you want to hope it's played on the 31st, then yeah. I don't think there's a Friday night option, it's only uh, it just says first and second, it doesn't say that it may do. Who knows? Who knows? It may do. Who knows? Uh, well, e- either way, you know, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm not looking too far into the future and I'm not being too optimistic, but realistically, we should finish top of our pool, we mm. should decide in the competition. So we should begin the home quarterfinal the weekend after. So there's not too much to worry about. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see but who no, we I, get. It, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm still shocked by that Welsh announcement. I mean, we've only got <laughs> five, five starts in there. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with that. Yeah, me too. I think the more that stay with us, um, the better. I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed actually to see Win Jones go back in because he's played half a game. Um, and to be honest, it, it doesn't make a difference to me, Win Jones, because like you've just said, he's played half a game. That is all he's played. So it's not, I, I know he's a great player, hmm. but we've managed with Matthias and Thomas all season. Yes. So I, I don't see it as, as a great, as a great miss. The same as Hardy. You know, I I know he's a really good player, but you know, at the minute, Blacker is far and above much better form than him. Yeah, and no place in the side for um, Costello, so you know he'll be back with us. So it's a fairly, you know, for for club sides, this is a pretty good squad for us. I'm thinking because. Um, yeah, think... it gives us a chance against the Bulls and throughout, and you know, because there's four games that we're without an international, so only losing five players 
is uh, is a big result. And I, I mean, I think okay, if if they're all fit, I think only Win Jones. Actually, I know it's three of the five, but you know, Win Jones, Ken Owens, and Halfpenny, they're the only ones who automatically go back into the fifteen. You know, Patchell and Hardy, you know, very much twenty three, but they're not first. You know, for us at the minute. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, let's quickly rip through um, <laughs> the uh, uh, results <laughs> from last weekend because, uh, uh, yeah, obviously I was away, so we didn't get to do that. So uh, we're both expecting big wins on on Saturday, and lovely jubbly. Thank you very much. So. Let's have a look at uh, Narbuth game there. Narbuth game against Ustrid Ron that was postponed last week because of the pitch. I think a lot of them. You know so, why? Um, wasn't it due to the pitch? It was the council decision. Really? The council, RCT council cancelled all games. Because of all the flooding, they cancelled all games. Yeah, well, I suppose up there it was it was insane weather, but... There we go. So anyway, Narbeth are at home this week against Glamorgan Wanderers. Um, I, I, I think that should be quite a comfortable win for, for Narbeth. Uh, Wanderers have only won three games all season. Three games. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking that's a quite a comfortable Narbeth win myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. You know, Wanderers have got a lovely pitch and, you know, when Narbeth uh, do get to go down to the memorial ground, they'll have a nice day because it's nice and wide. Hmm. But uh, Nar- Narbeth should be uh, putting Glamorgan away. Oh, this is at home. This is it. Um, this is at the... the what's yeah, no, this is with Narbeth. So when they get a the yeah. chance to go down. Okay. Okay. I'll let you get away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, this is going to be heartbreaking, this is. So, one way. I know it is. So the game that we were really looking forward to, Crummock New and uh, Newcastle Eminent got postponed, um, which is fine. Um Whitland lost fifteen thirty-two at Vellin Aberystwyth had a, a cracking win, sixty-five nil away at Pencloud. And then Pembroke away in Langenech just Don't talk. Don't talk about that. Oh uh, it's we... to to put us put to put that kind of score in Division One, is, is... just don't say it. You know, if people if people want to find out, they can look themselves. Don't say it on you. Yeah, have a look on Always Sport. But I feel for the boys. I, I really do. I feel because you know I know the boys are working hard up there, and I know I know a lot has changed over um, COVID and what have you. But it's um, yeah, that kind of score is is a hard one. It's a tough one. So, anyway, moving on to this week's fixtures. Um, another tasty one, Aberystwyth and Crummer. Uh, I'm going Yes. I'm going for Crummer. Oh, it's on me now. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. It's just, you know, the undefeated element. They are, you know, it, it, I'm so gutted that game didn't get played with Emlyn. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be—it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Aberystwyth are not a you know a walkover team; mm-hmm. they are very much in with the fight for promotion to the new set to the new championship. Mm-hmm. But you know, Crimmich are looking one of the strongest, if not the strongest, in the league. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Whitland are away to Gowerton. 
Um, that's that's got to be a bit of a Gowerton win there. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm I'm going to go yeah, for a Crimmich win. By the way, uh, on that, and then yeah, Gowerton to beat Whitland as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Uh, you know, the, again, we talk every single week. Where's Whitland? And uh, mm. you know, it's, it's it's still Where's Whitland? It's still just not happening for him, is it? And then Pembroke at home to Hendy. So, you know, sometimes opportunity. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things. That Hendy, have, they've only won two games this season, and I think one of them was against Pembroke. So. You know, I don't know where the route out is for Pembroke. I don't know if they've changed coaches. Um, I know they were looking for a, a new forwards coach, but you know, I think they've got to be realistic where they went up three divisions in three years. Um, and yeah, probably that last promotion was a step too far, but it's um. Yeah, I can't. I can't see Pembroke winning. I'd love to. I'd love to see Pembroke winning. Uh, I, just, I just can't see. We've got to back them regardless. Okay, we'll go yeah, I'm going to back them regardless, Pembroke. <laughs> yeah, like I said to to uh, the boys the other day, uh, it's not like I'm 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 putting the house on it. So yeah, let's go for a Pembroke win. Yeah. Um, okay, down into two West then. Uh, let's have a look at results from last week, first of all. So, Milford lost 15-0 away in Carmarthen Athletic. Uh, Fishguard 34-12 loss in Mumbles. And Tembi won 27-0 at Tecroix, which, um, you know, it's, that's a good win for Tembi because they were both mid-table and yeah. now Tembi kind of bump up. That puts Tembi into fourth now, which, you know, like like we said last week, it's difficult to say, um, you know, where they're going to end up because you know, Ponte Dillis and Kidwelly are kind of a stretch ahead. I think they're just too far away to be caught. But you know, they could probably, if they if things go their way, they could leapfrog Nankaredig into into third. Um, Fishguard going to end up mid-table. There's a group of them mid-table there that are between 15 and 17 points. And then Milford going to struggle to make mid-table. But there we go. Yeah. So, games this games this week. Fishguard at home to Carmarthen Athletic. I, I'm going to go Fishguard. You know, the similarly placed teams and the home advantage should be enough for Fishguard. Yeah. I just think Fishguard are struggling at the minute, but at home home advantage, particularly with the I know, I know, but it's one of those things that maybe the wind might do it for them, but I think they're going to struggle. I think they'll really struggle against Athletic. Athletic have put a bit of a, a run together, and Fishguard have had a bit of a run of, you know, not so great games. So, yeah. I'm going to have them both. I'm gonna to have to stick with Kamal in me. I'm gonna to have to I have to. Hey, that's uh, first that's the first difference. That's the yeah. <laughs> uh next then Milford at home to Tembi. Yeah, you know, Derby is, you know, especially you know, intra Pembrokeshire Derby should be uh something to be excited about. But you know, I I, I can't see this going any other way than a comfortable Tembi win. Yeah, and I think it will be it should be bonus points, and mind you, the the Milford pitch is really open, really exposed. 
and again you just don't know what the weather um was like so yeah who knows it might play a a, a factor in it but i'm i'm thinking that's a 10b win as well so yeah okay let's let's have a look at division 3 then Three West. Uh, so results from last week: Abbey won one twenty nine seven at Tregaron. Um, Cardigan Quinns game was called off. That's the second game on the trot now for the Quinns being called off. Away game, second away game, game being called off. Um, and I can only assume that was because of the pitch. But the Cardigan pitch is usually quite good. You know, I don't understand why that one would be postponed, but it was. Um, Lan dished out a 28 nil win at St David's. Langham were on the wrong end of an 87 nil scoreline. Um, Nayland 45 22 win against Clan Abother and St Clair's 22 Haverford West 5. So, no massive kind of shocks there other than the size of the Langham. Loss. I think that was yeah. You know, mid season. I'll be honest. I'm I'm pretty impressed. I'm I'm pretty impressed with the St David score because you know Lan are flying high and you know only be twenty eight nil. That's that's a good job done by them. Yeah, but then you know St David started the season strong. Langham started well. Langham grew into the season, so you know they they've got the potential within the sides to do something. It's uh, so yeah, twenty eight nil. Maybe uh, Langham got a good youth, got a good youth side as well. So you know, hopefully they'll uh, they'll improve next season. Yeah, if they can retain some of those players, but usually what happens with Langham youth players is they will move to Haverford West or Temby or Milford. You know, they'll 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 move to other sides. You know, the the Langham youth team. At the minute, has got boys from, you know, it's got a couple of my boys in there. It's got Nayland boys in there. It's got Milford boys in there. It's got Harford West boys in there. And when they go back into teams that have, you know, someone to play for, the chances are that a lot of those Langham boys will go back to, to the sides they came from. So there we go. That that is <laughs> life, isn't it? Right, so that's that for this weekend. So the only other results, well, there are two other results actually, under-18s. So the under-18s game last week against the Ospreys was called off because of the weather. And under-18s boys are playing um, RGC away this weekend, which is a bit of an insane kind of thing, but that is where they go in. Um, and then we had the girls, um, yes, under 18's girls, under 18's ladies is is how I should kind of phrase it, shouldn't I? It's the um, best girls on everything, <laughs> but so they had a good win against um, Ospreys on the weekend as well. That was their first, um, they did the, the, the results were quite close. I think there was only four or five points in it, but um, we ran yeah, away with it. To start 20... with. Yeah. yeah, I think it was either 22 7 or 22 18. Yeah, but, it was. Um, yeah. I, I know the scoreline was 22 3 at one point. Hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's 
good for them to get off to a good start. You know, obviously they had the unfortunate uh, position of being the first team to miss out on week one. But, you know, they've, they've come into this, they've, they've played quite strongly and they've got a win. So, you know, you can't, not, can't knock your head at that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, fair play. Well done, girls. That was uh, a cracking, cracking game to, to win. Um, and I, I meant I did have it here. I had the who are they playing next and all of that, but I've lost it. Uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're not playing again to the 29th, so we're okay for this week. Is that what it is? Is it? So there's them. Yeah, that, then, that's So we've also got the um, County 15s are playing. And now are they playing this weekend? I can't, I haven't got any more information other than they're due to play. So are they playing oh. this weekend? Yeah, the fixtures I've seen, the the dates they've put up is the 18th, so Wednesday, tomorrow. That's that's the date I've seen, you know, but I, I think that's just, you know, the, the starting week for, you yeah. know, that age rugby. So it could be a day. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and get confirmation. But yeah. they are in the, oh, what is it, the, the Miller, Bowl. Miller Bowl? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? Yeah. 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 RGC South at home. So, uh, you know, it, mm. it should be should be a nice one to start with. Nice home game. And let's see. Try and, well, we find out where it is. And we'll try and gather as much support as we can. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get a nice 5,000 down here and we'll support the boys. <laughs> we'll see if we can do a bit of uh, a bit of broadcasting from that one as well. That'll be nice. Right. And that's it, my friend. So loads of stuff to go through this week, wouldn't it? That was a bit of a that was a bit of a hefty old one when, when we eventually got the technology. It was, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say after the open start, what was it four or five <laughs> attempts to get us on? Yeah, I think it was the snow must have affected the phone lines. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, must have. You know, I, I'm using Firefox, you know, now. So, uh, oh, you know, Chrome did not want to work for me this morning. <laughs> anyway, that's it for another week, my friend. We shall do the same again next week, and hopefully we can have another positive win to uh, to to G us up for next week. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Enjoy your rugby, Mark. I'll speak to you next yeah. week. And yeah, hopefully we'll be coming back to a forty-nine nil win, and uh, we'll have fun. See Absolutely. you again, but all the best, mate. All the good. Tell that, mate. And you. Tell that. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers. Podcast Network.